happy new year uh, it, it, it's okay to start with a happy new year uh, it's a happy new year it's a, it's a new year <laughs> however finicky this sounds it's it's a new year and it's uh, a new platform if you may uh, a new experience uh, what once used to be Mike and King talk movies is now um, screen green I, I know uh, say it with more gusto it's <laughs> you, you work hard on it that doesn't name. it doesn't seem like something two smart human beings would come up with but what? it's What's... the best we could come up with screen green i was waiting for an applause but it never came it shows you just how dumb it is but don't, don't worry guys to catch on <laughs> but on screen green we are hoping for a bigger whole new experience it's been an entire year since we uh actually put out an episode for Mike and King Talk Movies and that was the first season and 2021 is looking up in several ways uh, different from last year and that's why we decided to take up the mantle again like Batman and Superman and Toy Man wh- whoever your favorite superheroes are whatever Mike, Mike say something jeez well what my old buddy's trying to say is we had a great time recording season 1 we had a great time with all the topics we had a great time with the discussions and this season we plan to you know double on on that give you more content more um trivial you know more of everything we want to make we can't wait to get back on the train and do more of you know talk more about the subjects that we love and we are we've been brainstorming coming up with um no ways to make fresh. yeah fresh content <laughs> yeah my favorite word we're coming up with fresh content and you know in ways to make sure the season 2 is better than season 1 and we can't wait to share what we have with you no when you said uh, uh, to get back on the channel I was thinking about uh, skyfall <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> anyways so um 2021 has already started uh the very dark aspects of 2020 we hope we left behind and the year didn't end well hearing of a new strain of coronavirus uh, mutation but we have hopes that this year will go quite undisturbed where uh, with people adapting to having uh, a pandemic uh, running around their backyards like their unwanted twins we are hoping that hollywood doesn't suffer as much uh, foreign movies do not suffer as much and we're going to get the lineups that we've been promised for this year and no postponements and no rescheduling and then we would eventually have uh, 2019 2017 2018 back again i think one of the best movie uh, movie years was 2015 yeah 2014 to actually 2014. when i went to we'll check 2014 yeah. again and uh, it will be a fun experience and we'll be here to talk about it we'll be here with you the entire journey we'll be like an overprotective father <laughs> uh, yeah well speaking of hollywood we, we this is not just an intro to the season but this is actually an intro to a, 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 the first topic of the season and that is is hollywood's i mean is cinema dead is no, cinema is dead that's that is it dying is it dead is it on the way to the grave will it ever recover we could no. put it in this pet cemetery yeah i, I yeah maybe it will, it will come back as a zombie anyway but yeah is cinema dead or yeah 
can they still fight back from this pandemic? That's what we're going to discuss today. Now, for those who are not or who may not be aware, cinemas are shutting down, obviously, because of you know the pandemic. And you know, studios being, are, are, they are losing money or they are too eager to make more money. So they can't wait for cinemas to open up. So studios are taking drastic moves to um, transfer their movies to their streaming platforms. Now, as you know, for your information, every studio has some, you know, gotten their own personal every streaming. Major, every major studio major has gotten, studio. you know, their own private streaming platform. That's why, you know, excellent shows like Daredevil were sacrificed so that Disney could create their own, you know, this, they, they used to be on Netflix, but they were sacrificed so that Disney could create their own streaming platform in Disney+. Plus. You know, <laughs> R.I.P. Daredevil, you were the best thing ever. Ah, but Daredevil was so nice. It was so good. And, you know, Warner Brothers has HBO Max. And so speaking of HBO Max, Warner Brothers has decided that in 2021, all their movies are going to be airing on HBO Max and cinemas. So people don't actually have to get up to go to the um, cinema. Yeah, to the cinema to watch, mm. you know, to watch anything. You can just watch it at home. They say you can watch in the cinema if you want to, but I mean, but come, who would? come on. <laughs> have it at home. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so they started the experiment with Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day. And seems they they liked the returns he gave them. So movies we've been waiting to see for so long, like Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, Dune. That would have been a very yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong should be seen in the cinema. Experience. I cannot believe this. You know, Dune, Suicide Squad. You know, big big movies we've been even the smaller ones, but which are equally excellent, are all being transferred. You know, shipped. So yeah. So it's a big blow to the cinema industry a lot of people are in trouble a lot of people are going to go into lose their jobs we're going to go into the details of all the consequences of that and if other studios will follow in these footsteps especially mm. since you know there's a new wave of you know a mutated covid does the, would the virus allow people to go back to the cinema you know even would movie productions go on yeah will movie productions go on or people just adapt to purely streaming platforms you know what what has the most successful streaming platform ever that is um, Netflix done to make all this possibility you know stay tuned to find out we're going to discuss all of these you know you eventually when you say stay tuned it sounds like a radio even the podcast I, does run on the concept you know, this will happen when you're born in the 90s you know, it's wraps up on you it still seeps into you yeah you sick child you know overnight uh the world changed without warning actually with some warning but no one actually heeded the warning and then suddenly there was a virus that slowly became a, uh, a pandemic and took over the entire world not only did it stop businesses and lives and school and everything that supposedly normal people consider fun since no one can stay inside anymore <laughs> and staying inside this this prison and yeah, an infringement of rights yeah, i've always felt like people were exaggerating <laughs> with this staying inside oh no i can't stay inside much longer <laughs> i'm staying inside people all the were time literally protesting without masks yeah. that they that they being kept inside or they're being kept inside was an infringement of on their right or their freedoms of movement bro i love staying inside i don't i don't but okay we digress anyway <laughs> yeah yes so not only did it ruin life as we knew it then or as the normal people do it but it also caused us movie lovers a lot of delay uh several movies were rescheduled up until <laughs> movies like wonder woman couldn't be held back anymore and then they had to be thrown on streaming sites uh, very little output even though there were 
a considerable number of movies released yes, uh, last, year. last year, we could have had even more movies if you know you've ever checked the yeah, number of movies released every year. Then again, we are hoping again that this year would be awesome. Now, to talk about how this whole pandemic fiasco has affected mm-hmm. uh, the movie world or the movie scene, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> uh, Mike was asking if we can't if we can stay home, then is there a need for cinema? And uh, it has been something that we've been thinking about for the past uh, two weeks or so. Would there be a need for cinema? Do, if I can't see, I can see Kong and Kong versus Godzilla in, on my laptop at home, then is there a need to go to cinema? And Would there I, be a need to go to I, cinema, And Mike? I felt, I feel that cinema is essential. And I know... Some of you may be listening and be like, you know, what's the big deal? I watch all my stuff at home anyway, so this changes nothing. And I, for that, I would say you, you probably don't really know what is, you know, get the distinction between watching something in the cinema and watching at home. Like, watching it in the cinema with a crowd or even, you know, the whole cinematic experience makes the movie more memorable than watching at home, where you can just reach for your phone when you're watching something. You can easily get distracted. Uh, it it makes the movie less memorable, especially even if the movie is very good. Like for example, when um, Keen and I were in high school, we were watching Mission Impossible Four, where there was a huge crowd. Everybody was ooing and aahing, cheering. You know, all the emotions were there, and it made that movie very memorable. It I I'm not going to debate whether it's the mm. best movie in the franchise. It's one of it's definitely one of the best, but. Along the line, when the five and six came out, I uh-huh. watched them in private, but they didn't feel as epic or as memorable as Mission Impossible 4 did because <laughs> the, the only difference was watching it with a crowd. It makes the movie a lot more... I remember watching Black Panther. I watched Black Panther in the cinema and I watched Black Panther again at home. And I when I watched it the second time, when I was in the cinema, I remember it I watched it with so some dark. friends. When I was in the cinema, I, I remember watching with some friends, and I was when we were done, I was telling them how cool it was. Works, I was excited. I was, I was, you know, I was. But when I watched it by myself, I was you like, this it, thing is so overrated. It's so basic. It's so <laughs> mediocre. I, I, I watched it again because the the people were debating whether it was good or not. I watched it again, and I was like, wait, this is not that good. It just shows the difference watching it, you know, in the cinema can make. You know, it makes the experience far more memorable and the movie far more enjoyable. Even if the movie is mediocre, it elevates it to a certain standard. And it, so to, to give all that up and have to watch everything at home, it, it, in that home, like, atmosphere is just, I mean, it's a bad skill. I also feel like uh, the reason why these cinematic moments make uh, for an exciting or uh, very interesting watching experience is because you paid for it. It's either you get oh, excited that, or you... It's not, it's not, like, you know how awful it feels when you pay for like a movie, like to pay to watch a movie in a cinema and then I, it turns I think it's out awful. To, be, to be whack. Yeah, you it, automatically, like for the period between like between your leaving the cinema and then getting home you will try to convince yourself but, but even if it's, even if it's something is whack even something's whack you you remember it more Indeed. Least, yeah you remember the experience more but like something something like the joker the, the, when I, I when i watched it in the cinema it just the feeling the haunting sensation i i i, I it was it was insane I, I, 
But you know, you know, Kim was telling me the other time that this was a long time coming. You know, putting that in perspective, you know, the every studio has their own streaming platform. It's like they were preparing for moments such as this. You know, I they well, I wouldn't necessarily, even though it seems they were preparing for a pandemic, you know, creating platforms. They actually did that because Netflix was getting all the cash. Everybody thought it was convenient to watch movies. You know, at home on your phone mm-hmm. rather than going to the cinema. So mm-hmm. Netflix became very popular. They got too uh-huh. much money. And everybody just wants to cash in on that too. So you know, here we are. And everybody has their own platforms. And, you know. But what does that mean for cinema? Do you, like, do you think it's over? Like, will well, they ever get back? Obviously, it's not over. As you can see, uh, Warner Brothers is even given cinemas like a second, some type of second chance which by uh, releasing uh, on a parallel line to uh, streaming website, their streaming website, which is HBO Max. Now, what does that mean for cinema? We can't say for now, but I do know the people, the majority of people would opt for in for, will opt for um, convenience over that experience in quotes, because <laughs> that experience can't, can't be quantified or, uh, uh, just like convenience, it, it's what makes you feel comfortable, right? And already we know the majority of people do like or do enjoy uh, less crowds and then unless it's a party or a rave. So whether it is the end of cinema, it will be hard to tell right now. But I do know that in the long term, people would give up on outside or public cinemas. There'd be like uh, vintage items like pachinko boxes and pachinko boxes actually popular in japan um they'll be like arcade boxes video game arcade boxes like you see in uh, wreck it ralph you see they sell that particular arcade book because like even though people would enjoy the experience it wouldn't be as patronized as it is or it was in the years past and most or most this is mostly because i'm sorry i'm stuttering people would rather opt for a more convenient viewing experience than they would that theoretical feeling of, you know, high octane, not octane, high uh, uh, blood boiling hype that comes from joining the crowd and shouting, Bombay, Bombay, (laughs) stuff like that. So cinema currently is not dead, but it has a very weak pulse. And it might need, uh, how do you call that thing? The defibrillator. Yeah, defibrillator. <laughs> oh, God. Defibrillator. <laughs> Whatever. Now, let's talk about the impact this move has on the cinema itself, the, the cinemas themselves. Now, the thing is that when on a normal box office opening, the, the cinemas take the profits from... They take a percentage of the profits from those who attend for themselves and they send the rest to the studio. That's how they stay open. That's how they pay the workers. That's how they function. But now that a significantly smaller number of people are going to visit the cinemas, it means that the profits they get drops you know, drastically. And the studio is not going to recompense them, them for that, you know. For, the, for those losses. So that means that many studios, I mean, many cinemas, especially the small ones, could, sh- could end up shutting down and the whole business could become obsolete as more and more cinema workers lose their jobs. Ice, ice cream trucks. Oh, come on, that's heartless. 
but yeah, yeah it, it means more people lose their jobs and so that's the effect it has on the cinema and the, the only saving grace could be the vaccine maybe the vaccine could encourage people to go and watch it but still we don't expect that number to be as it was before before yeah yeah so that it, it could take a toll so that it could be so bad in the next few years you know studios would all shift to streaming services as they make less and less money from the cinemas so the impact it has on you know the actors and directors yeah. and basically the, the cast and crew for each movie now for the for the cast they sign contracts um, that's everyone, how they everyone knows that like yeah yeah but it's the kind of contract they sign people think they get paid up front and then they sign they get paid well, depends, and that's it right? yeah it actually depends um, most of them or the best way to go is you sign that you get paid a little up front and when the profits come you you, you your, the contract stage you get a percentage of the profits so you know there's this movie called Yes Man it's a comedy by Jim Carrey it came out in 2008 good movie he signed that he would get paid nothing when the movie was shot and everything so he had to wait for months for the movie to come out and the movie did very well and he got over 20 million dollars when the profits came out because he made such a deal so this is the case where the movie isn't going to air in well it's going to air in cinemas but people most people won't watch it so that means for those who have already signed up front that they will get a profit of the box office returns they are screwed because there is no, there is very, there is no box of There is, there is a box of it's so minuscule. It, I mean, it's so, minuscule. yeah, minuscule, sorry. So, yeah, it, it's really screws them. So, to put that in perspective, um, Wonder Woman 1984, um, Wonder Brothers had to um, pay um, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins $10 million as a recompense because the movie didn't air solely in theaters like they hoped when they signed the contracts and so they had to just give them that money as like to pay them up to just, you know, just because just to say like you know we are sorry here you go and they can't do that for every single movie so a lot of actors and cast and crew members are you know pissed off because you know that's not what they signed and you, I know most people are like, yeah, who cares? You're making millions. We are losing like, our jobs. Uh, like, who, uh, who does? Uh, oh. Christopher Nolan saying, that's not how you treat a star. Even those guys who like Denzel Washington, uh, LeBron, like, oh god, there are so many people, so many top top names. So it, it might affect Warner Brothers' relationship with these people in the future. So that's because that's not how you treat a star. No, I don't. <laughs> so so that could dissuade other studios from doing that. So that could save theaters. I don't know. But, you know, this, this is just the pandemic having its own effect on everyone in, an, in one way or another. Yeah, I think getting into streaming services, it has a rather more profiteering side than we give it more uh, benefit, uh, more, uh, how do you say? Credit for. So, uh, Warner Brothers isn't just entering into the streaming business because it's safe or Disney isn't trying to get their own sort of uh, streaming service or uh, which they've already started because it's safe, but it's because it cuts back on cost and might actually increase their chances of getting relatively more easier money. I, I, I don't know how that works out, but it seems too convenient that Netflix in the in the past five years has come out with mid 
thousands of movies. Would they, would they reach thousands? Yeah, thousands of movies. And these movies are even getting uh, recognition at awards and places where in the beginning we thought they would never reach, right? It means a lot to the filmmaking industry. Now, it also means that there is a quick delivery type of movie showing. Now, you don't have to wait for airing. Of course, there will be different type of edits and shifting depending on the countries and the laws and the uh, you know, a lot of aspects when it comes to online streaming that, uh, that are present even in uh, cinema viewing because, you know, with different countries come different benchmarks for uh, different movie showings. Thus, it's as important that uh, you know <laughs> that <laughs> the movies you're seeing are probably not the ones the same people are seeing or there are elements in it that are different. And the same thing applies to online streaming services because they are served by servers uh, just to control that amount or the specific contents that a specific group of people within uh, a particular area or geographical place have access to. That's why if you go to Netflix Japan, you have different content than if you go to Netflix uh, Germany. That's why people use uh, um, VPNs to access several or a different type of movie from a different uh, type of server. Now, talking about the monetary aspect of it all, I have very little information and thus cannot pass uh, adequate judgment on it. But I think uh, big shots like Disney and Warner Bros. Warner Bros. just quickly uh, pouncing on the thought or on the idea of getting onto the streaming train isn't a coincidence or isn't something that just happened because, you know, Apparently, they can't do anything about it. They can, but it's just safer to, you know, just have that, you know, Netflix type of delivery. And to be honest, I told Mike it's been a long time coming. Uh, who thought that emails could take over mails and how uh, involving and indulgent they seemed, you know, sending a love letter to your girlfriend uh, miles away or several countries away overseas and stuff the effort the writing letters it, people are still keen about that particular experience but still uh, it's easier to you know type an email or send a, a message via whatsapp and it makes more sense because it's more convenient and it's actually cheaper and less uh time uh how do you say and more time uh, Less time consuming, yes, mm. less time consuming. So right now, convenience is becoming uh, cheaper, right, relatively, until the big guys come in and then they say that, well, it's too convenient, so you're going to have to pay more to be that convenient. But basically, that's what is ha happening right now. They are jumping on a train that someone has proven is profitable and is innovative because we know, you know Netflix, in spite of the, you know, uh, one in ten, one out of every ten dumb movie. One out of every ten movie is like cool, and then the the remaining no, one nine. One out of every twenty-five. <laughs> no, one out of every thirty movies is a gem. The, re the, the other twenty-nine are the remaining twenty-nine are just garbage. shit because you know there is very little uh, competition uh, because right now if you do not, you are going to be forced. Netflix is going to be forced to churn out more uh, quality content. Otherwise, you they might lose their you know their people to mm -hmm. disney plus at certain times yeah, yeah. and and you know, another advantage is it allows the studios to expand their franchises so that's why we had the mandalorian on disney plus and they, they, now they can do that with ease so now 
the after the success of the Mandalorian, everybody's getting a, their own Star Wars. I mean, spin-off series. Obi Wan is getting one. Uh, As Asuka Khan. I mean, every it's crazy. So many spin-offs. It's, it's annoying. And we have Cash the, grab. Yeah, Cash car- grab. And, yeah, and we have MCU characters also getting their own series. Kamala Khan, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It goes on and on. Warner Brothers is going to do the exact same thing. So they are taking advantage of it. It, it can't be helped. The situation yeah. demands it. Yeah, it can't be helped. But you know, they are just taking advantage. Capitalism at its finest. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, that's that's what's expected, and that's what's expected, I guess. And another advantage for the studios is they don't release their box office returns. They only tell you. Now we can't know how much the movies make anymore, so we can't know if a movie flopped or not, unless they tell you. So, for example, um, the Disney's Mulan that came out, a lot of people hated it. It had a very bad reception. But we don't know if it flopped or not. We don't know how, because Disney said, I mean, on you, you could watch it on Disney Plus, but you have to pay thirty dollars to to do that, and we don't know if that worked. And we certainly don't think it's worth thirty dollars. But we don't know if that somehow worked. Uh, something. And for Wonder Brothers, uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, Wonder Brothers released uh, some numbers saying that they, they thought it was a success. So, you know, but they, their numbers are. There's no under way to prove it. Yeah, there's no way to prove it. And they are under certain terms and conditions. So that way they be they are able to hide how good returns, a movie is. How movie is. So we can't really tell if a movie was actually well received or not. So that's that looks like the future of cinema, I guess. I, mean, I guess if, if if something gets a sequel, you know it did well. If it did not get a sequel, you know it did well. <laughs> that, that, well is it a good thing? Like now, no convenience. Why is it not a good? Well, way? it's a good thing for the studios, but the studio executives. But it's not a good thing for us, the fans. Why not? Because you know, so we can tell our disapproval of a material if we control the numbers, like if we get to go and watch it. But if we can't tell, like if it's bad and we hated it, the studio can just say, well. It made enough for us to do a for uh, it made enough to do a sequel. I mean, like for example, uh, let me put it in perspective. Let's say a movie is coming out. Everybody on the box office, everybody has a mental image of the numbers you should be making. So if the the movie doesn't make those numbers, the studio feels embarrassed. So they have to hide it away. Like let's say Terminator Genesis, <laughs> it made it made it made four hundred million or so. With a hundred and seventy something budget, and that is, they made a very little, made very little profit, but it's profit nonetheless, right? And we all saw it, and we also like flopped. I mean, relatively compared to the others, so they had to get rid of it. But if it was on a streaming platform, they still made that profit. We wouldn't know that. We didn't know the extent of the damage it caused them. So they could say, well. Oh, we actually did well. We made a good profit. You know, you blah, 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 blah. And they can control face, the information. Yes. And to save face, they can do whatever they want without... So it puts them out of touch with their fans because we mm, get... There's no accountability. Yeah, there's no they accountability. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yes. The only way they can tell a significant loss is if the subscribers drop, if people decide to unsubscribe from the... Um, yeah, but, their but platform. I, I doubt but people would subscribe from an entire platform because of one movie. Yeah, because like, there's always going to, to be good content, like yeah. Holocaust level type of piss off. <laughs> yeah, there was going to have, so that that sucks for us. You know, other than that, they get to you know rub their classic shows, you know, like show reruns. For example, on HBO Max, you can rewatch The Big Bang Theory, you can rewatch Friends, 
over and over again so those who may not necessarily be interested in cinema you just want something to pass the time you can just go there and be watching stuff like that over and again or like on peacock uh, is it peacock i've forgotten the streaming service you can rewatch the office so you can just rewatch over and over again and they just keep making their money so it's good for them uh, it, it also but, feels like there is no motivation to actually churn out any risky like you don't have to push the yeah, boundaries exactly because, exactly uh, there's exactly. no need i mean exactly. you're rigging in enough just okay. people watching these old stuff they, which are more reliable dependents they yeah. have been time tested and proven yeah yeah they take less risk i think i think the streaming service that takes the most risk at it's this netflix. moment is netflix they take and now there's going to be competition so yes. there is going to be less Wait, more risk right Oh, you make Netflix take even more risks. No, it would take less risks. Why? Because when there is no competition, you know that you are the only one in a certain medium. You have a monopoly, and so you can control the market. No, but if they want to outpace the... Yeah, but their if you want to outpace, you need to do things that have been proven to get in viewers. It about Yeah, but if everyone is being homogeneous, then to stand out, you have to do something extra. I mean, no, like something not necessarily. Have you seen anime? It's, it's safer to do something that you've done before something similar to what you've done before that worked because people have a sort of ref- a reference to it that's why you you see things like john wick getting three parts or harry potter getting seven parts or because it worked and they know that it is going to get at least even if it's lower or lesser it's going to get a certain mark which is bearable profit for the company so with more competition comes less risks because Everyone is trying to do something that is guaranteed to bring in a certain number of viewers or a certain number of recognition. A certain, I mean, a certain amount of recognition. No, let's see. Let's see. For example, HBO did Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Then Netflix did Stranger Things. Or Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lately, Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. So right now, the, the ball is in HBO's mm-hmm. court to do something even better. To mm-hmm. beat Bridgerton's audience, so that way we win. No, we keep getting. They in. can do something like Stranger Things. <laughs> no, that yes, the, Stranger Things has the, the troop has been running to the ground. Yes, but they can do something like Stranger Things. Then they would lose. No, they wouldn't. The they mass would. population would feel like, oh, this they is like no. They would say that is a Stranger Things ripoff. No, they won't say it's a ripoff. They would say it is like uh, Stranger Things. That eighties. Vibe is gone. It's run, it's been it's dead. Are you kidding me? We just literally had a release called Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and it's that's the it's last doing one. good. No, the thing is that the concept it doesn't even have to be in that same era, but that's that same concept. You know, a mysterious type of thriller, type of mystery, type of sci fi, uh, gen- genre bender type of. There is really no need to push the boundaries and do something berserk like Netflix does right now without any control. Mm. Netflix can do about 10 weird movies and one so, would work because those 10 weird movies, people, the majority of cinephiles will know that these movies are, are pretty whack, right? But definitely there'll be someone who is bored enough or drunk enough to watch those 10 so, movies. So do you think Netflix will be less risky? They'll take yes, less risks? They'll start taking less risks. Why, why when the now, risk have made probably, them so much money? Nah, prob- because at that time, at the time, Right, uh, there were there weren't competitors like Disney. Disney, you know but how much work there is. Plus, work. wait, plus Netflix has so probably not immediately. Netflix has uh, has been running for such a long time. It has a lot of uh, uh, other interesting content like uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. uh, some parts of Naruto, some parts of Hunter Hunter anime, mm-hmm. and even other 
foreign shows that okay, let me let me ask you something do you think um you see people unsubscribing from netflix because of other studios you see people saying no, no. but i think uh, even though people would like to subscribe to one because you know some of them cost uh, some of them are very expensive like hbo max yeah, yeah. Uh, for other people or for most people they would like to have you know subscriptions and all and you should know that not everyone has a netflix people have other people's passwords and they mm-hmm. share passwords and they share accounts right so it will be feasible to think that people or it will be reasonable not feasible reasonable to think that people would add on to subscriptions and not necessarily leave a subscription because there is netflix specific content and there is disney plus specific content and then there is uh, uh hbo max specific content so to get those you know things that these people have rights to specifically you would have to be subscribed to them or have a password of someone who you know <laughs> <laughs> you squatters uh yeah but, okay but then what does this mean for the Ghanaian audience we're going to like i said we're going to agree to disagree on that one a little bit we're going to come <laughs> to you know what does it mean for Ghanaians? um well most of them won't care because they, they don't never go, really get they, they, they don't really go to cinema much anyway and they are content with the streaming platforms and or free it, downloads yeah and i for one think you know well not i per se but releasing so many big budget movies on streaming service means yeah easier to download here <clears throat> with with no hassle and you know it's it's pretty convenient if you're Ghanaian or if you're you know in a part of the world where these streaming platforms aren't available to everyone. It's very easy to download. So, yeah. And these studios are not necessarily so concerned about piracy right now. I, I think that Game of Thrones was the most pirated series of, of all time, but they, they, they didn't have any problem with that. So, you know, for them, it's, it's cool. And you can still keep your Netflix accounts too and you know, check that one too. So, it's, it's pretty cool. Plus, what... You only need a smart TV, which right now yeah. it's getting cheaper. There is, there are always cheaper brands like uh, Blue Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'll pretend I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, but that's a TV, <laughs> uh, Blue Tech, um, and uh, very, very relatively cheaper brands than Samsung and then Sony and then LG, yeah. which are also smart and then can connect you to the internet. But I, but I mean I'm sure there are some like me out there who missed the cinema experience. I mean, do you remember? I mean, how I it would. Was? I mean, yeah. I, I, I I don't think watching Deadpool, the first Deadpool, uh, at home or on my laptop screen or on a TV would have sufficed. Watching it with my boys, even though the cinema was practically empty and we were like about six people scattered mm-hmm. about, and we were just four in the front rows enjoying Deadpool one. Like it was amazing. The, uh, the the intro scene was amazing. Even though I couldn't, f- you know, go back to look at all the fantastic mm. things that was happening on the screen, it was uh, it was a very good experience. The same mm. way uh, watching Avengers in there was. Yeah. So there's definitely going to be the need for that immersive. You know, you are in mm. a whole. You know, it feels like you're in this underground, closed-off space. Uh, it, it it will be necessary, but yeah, well. we could probably you know get home cinema theaters and stuff yeah well as much as we love the cinema we have to admit it has its you know disadvantages like that person sitting by you who wouldn't shut up you know people talking in the crowd you know they, they, they only shut up so you can watch it in peace and 
stuff like that. People moving all the time, going to pee and getting in your way, spilling popcorn on you, you know. But we'll still miss it all the same. We love the cinema and um we love you my friend. Stay strong. You soon be off life support. Anyway, um so that that pretty much sums up what we wanted to share with you guys today. And we are just over the moon that you were you could listen to us babble about you know what we love and yeah if we want to we would also you know like to hear your opinions we would like to know what you think are you upset are you delighted about the, this current turn of events cinema wise are you indifferent or do you just love hearing our voices for the sake of it <laughs> whatever it is you know, i mean if you. if you made it this far uh we'd like to say thank you for listening to a bunch of um Nerds. Yeah, I don't like calling ourselves nerds. Screen greens. <laughs> yeah, screen greens. Uh, but uh, we would like to say that this is an, an entire, entirely new experience. Um, we are creating a bigger platform, which would include YouTube, our own personal website, that would uh, involve several other elements that will be uh, interesting. In the same vein, we have articles that we post uh periodically online on medium right before we add it to our own personal websites and uh, on a future date we're hoping that we create an immersive uh, connected uh, platform for you to interact with the content that we want to present and so we will be showing you youtube videos as you've cried for so much uh beloved fans <laughs> You all kept asking for YouTube videos, so now we're going to add it. And like I said, we've added articles, and it's going to be a whole new experience. And mm. it's grander, bigger, and more livelier. And no pun intended, please. No pun intended. So it's uh, screen greens. Yeah, that's the this podcast where we talk about movies. Anything uh, on screen, anything. Yes. Except porn. <laughs> but oh come on! You do have to say that. Oh, uh, just in case they get ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but the bigger. Uh, concept is uh, Motaku PR. Uh, we'll be, you'll be seeing more of it yeah, if you be, follow us. Yeah. Uh, you love. Can, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. If you want to send an email, it's Motaku PR at protonmail.ch. It's M O T A K U P R at protonmail.ch. Yeah. And yeah, if you, we, we, are, we are not just movies this time, we are going to go into anime games you know, TV, TV you know, anything on screen documentaries like yeah. Mike likes yeah, yeah some documentaries are really underrated man. Uh, yeah okay so this has been you know screen, uh, screen green greens. Uh, screen green no screen, screen greens you know <laughs> you leave a smile on your face I mean say try to say screen greens without showing your teeth um yeah so this has been Mike and King you know getting back to you today thanks, uh, for, thanks for hanging out with us peace please stay safe peace